Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I know you are here wanting to change and rewrite your story. You are desiring to step into the impact that you know you were here to create. I am here to guide you with the proven tools and strategies used by myself and our speakers to support you in taking radical responsibility in your life and learning how to own your choices to change your story. My name is Marsha Van Weinsberg. I am a storytelling business coach, master NLP trainer, speaker, podcaster, and seven times published author. My clients have found freedom and purpose from overcoming their shame stories and learning how to share them with the world. I am so grateful you are here. Let's get started. Welcome back to the show. Today, we are speaking with Dania Douglas Hunt. Dania is a mindset coach, speaker, podcaster, a former Olympic athletic therapist turned speaker, podcaster, and go-to mindset expert for six to eight figure conscious visionaries, thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and experts. She blends various techniques and concepts such as spirituality, universal laws, neuroscience, subconscious reprogramming, quantum physics, and high performance to help them get out of their own way, bust through their income and impact plateaus, release emotional turmoil and stuckness to perform at a higher level and be completely unfuckwithable. Yes, that's her bio. I love it. Um, we dive into today so many pieces, but really understanding where your thermostat is set because your thermostat and where it's set is literally in all areas of your life, business, health, personal finances, learning the power of your thoughts, the mindset, subconscious reprogramming, and how to expand and raise that thermostat because you will always go back to where your thermostat is set, always in every single area of your life. So we talk about like the quality of our life, business, relationships, and how it comes down to the quality of the questions that we ask ourselves. Nothing has any meaning except the meaning that we give it. I love this connection, this conversations. We have been in each other's DMs for a really long time. So I'm grateful to have her on the show today. You're going to love this episode. Welcome to the show today, Dania. We have connected multiple times and I love it. Like sometimes you just connect with people in the online space and it's like, oh, there's definitely some similarities. I've loved your content. I love what you share. I've been on your podcast. We've probably chatted in the DMs a few times and I just love how you are so powerful at reframing. Like at reframing is one of my favorite things to be able to do and understanding the power of our subconscious mind. So I am thrilled to have you here to dive into you, your story, and to share all of your juicy nuggets with our audience today. Thank you so much for having me. It's fun. Just like you said, like the online space has created avenues for people to meet all across the world. And when I met you and connected with you, we got connected through Christina. And I was like, oh, I know why we got connected. Like mm-hmm. your energy, your vibe, what you're about, everything. It's like, yeah. And you just, you find your people. And so it's been so nice getting to know you and your story and having you on my podcast as well. So yeah, I'm stoked. I'm stoked to dive into anything today. I'm an open book, um, but definitely the theme of own your choices, own your life is has been the theme of my life, even though it's made no logical sense and everyone thinks you're crazy. It's still trusting your intuition to move forward for what's best for you. So, Oh my God. So right there alone, this 
this piece on learning how to trust your intuition, learning how to listen and maybe block others out. Where was the first time in your life that you had to do that? And you were like, okay, I think I'm being asked to listen to what Daniel wants and not what everyone else thinks I should be doing. I think the the biggest and the scariest one for me in the beginning was changing my career. There was definitely moments before then, but before I changed my career, I was just very much like going through the motions, like grew up in a really hardworking family. Hard work was like the badge of honor. Like you're talking to someone who was working at like five paper route, then nannying, then it was like straight A's, good at sports, working. And I just kind of was following the rhythm yeah. of life and what you're supposed to do and go to school, get a degree, get a job, da da. And I loved what I did. I got my degree in athletic therapy and strength conditioning. Um, you don't get that degree for fun. It's not like an easy degree. It's competitive to get in. It's it's full-time school, full-time placement. Um, and then I was also paying for my bills and for school. So I just always was a workhorse though. And like, just again, like did what I thought was the next step, but never really paused to question, is this my path? Is this what I really want to do? Or am I just simply going through what I think I should be doing? Like, this is the next logical step. And sometimes in life, that is all you have. But I got into my career. I got my dream job at the time, right out of college. I had lots of experience prior to that, but working with Olympic athletes and started with Swimming Canada and worked with like triathlon, paratriathlon, rugby, diving. Amazing. Love the athletes. And then there was just something that was misaligned for me in there. And I couldn't put my finger on it. It was nothing with like, sure, there's politics and there's sport. And um, I wouldn't say there's a ton of autonomy in that space of like your schedule, who you work with, when you work, et cetera. But I always was just, there was something pulling at me that I'm like, something different, something more. So then after doing that for several years, um, this and the whisper kept coming. It's like, why don't you just try exploring? Like, how could I help more people? And so I started looking at online stuff and long story long, I got into James's program and I started witnessing coaching. Um, so I joined his program to grow my fitness business online and I witnessed his coaching. I was like, what is this? Because here's the thing. When I went through my degree, everyone had always commented on me of how amazing it was at connecting with people. Um, yes, I was smart, but that wasn't like the first thing they said. It was like connection and how you make someone feel and you can't teach these skills. And like every person I would shadow under would be like, oh my gosh, your innate ability to connect and make people feel safe and comfortable in their most vulnerable times. You're talking to someone who just had their knee blew out and you know, like career and doing stuff. And you're just there to help nurture and be with them and help them through that. So I kind of had these whispers all along of like these different skills that I didn't think were skills because like who, I didn't know what coaching was at the time. I didn't know what mindset was at the time. And it was through James's program. He um, put a post soon after I joined. He said, hey, I'm looking for more coaches. If you're interested in coaching, apply to be a coach. And I was like, why not? I don't know. I don't know this world. I'm, I'm witnessing it on calls and I'm watching people change their state and shift things going from crazy fear and freaking out to like being calm and focused, moving forward and excited. It's like, what is this? So I just started following the whispers and like everyone here listening, everyone has whispers, but we usually ignore them. And we ignore them one, because either the thought or the fear around it, or two, we're just so busy in our day to day that we don't even have space to listen and question what's going on. So I got into this coaching aspect. I applied, got accepted. And it was James actually that coached me through. Um, Cause I just like, I want to give some context here because I was busting my butt trying to build up this fitness thing. I did everything I was supposed to do. 
I'm really good at doing what I'm supposed to do. Not anymore, but before I was. <laughs> okay. So it's like show up for live events, invest in yourself, um, go online every day, post, launch, do these things. I was doing all of the strategy, all of the 3D, all of the how-to to the point of burning out. Like I I would burn out in my career, I burn out twice and end up in the hospital. Hard work is not a thing for me that's like, oh yeah, it was like a badge of honor. So I want to say this because I was literally doing everything and above and beyond what I was supposed to do to get this business off the ground. I was learning how to shoot videos professionally um, on YouTube. That's actually where I first found James. He taught me how to shoot floating white background videos. James Wedmore, just for people who are... James, yeah, yeah. sorry. Some, no, it's important to give some context because yes. he is in the online space very well known. Yeah. Yes. And he started off doing bartending and then did videos. So you're talking to someone who invested in buying cameras and like learning how to do like Adobe Pro, Final Cut Pro, like everything. Like I was invested. I'd work 20 hour days. I'm like, I'm going to make this thing successful. And like nothing, it barely would take off. And I'm like, what the F am I missing? So then now to get back into the coaching program, James is coaching me and I've met him a couple of times before. He's like, you know, I've seen you and I've always wondered why you didn't take off. Like why you haven't blown up? This was the thing that people said to me so often. Why are you not more successful? I don't understand this. What is this? And I'm like, when you hear that, do you know how annoying that is? You're like, I know, like I'm trying to be, I'm working hard. So he's like, I think I finally get it. And I was like, tell me right now, what is happening? What the thing is. <laughs> I know, like, tell me what to do. Um, and so he said, he asked me this question. And this really pivoted my career. And it started to help me understand everything we're doing, like subconscious mind, alignment, um, all this stuff. And it was just a simple question of like, if your fitness business was super successful, like anything you want it to be, you dream it up, it's happening, it's done. And this other thing that you can't even name. And at the time I was like, I don't know what this is. Like, it's like coaching. What is this? I don't know. I just, I'm, my intuition's pulling me here. Like, it's like, when I watch this, when I read about it, it's just like energizes me. I don't know what this is. And he just said, if both of those were super successful, what would you choose? And I started crying right away because I'm like, oh my God, I would choose the thing I can't even name right now. I would let go of all the tens of thousands of hours and tens of thousands of dollars and my whole identity about being this Olympic therapist. I would let go of everything of people who, like who knew me as that, like everything to do something I couldn't even name. But I knew right then I was like, that's the path. And so if I look back from that moment, though, there was whispers of alignment that coming through, but I just didn't listen. I was so busy. I was so focused on working hard and do, 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 like high achiever, hard work, badge of honor that I never actually slowed down to give myself time to ask myself questions to, to tune in and listen. And I wouldn't change the path. Like being in high performance and those athletes and those teams taught me so much about myself, but I left a very safe, stable career. I worked my ass off for. Oh, sorry, I'm swearing. Oh God, you're so explicit. Loud now we got. Now we got E. Okay, good. <laughs> like now we're changing. We actually have a lot of E's on the show. <laughs> okay, good. I, like I, I can't help it. Sorry. Um, but it that was the biggest one because I think I know people listening either pivoting business, pivoting careers, and it's like, yes, there's fear around it. I had to do a whole bunch of identity stuff. But I, I dove into like subconscious programming and the tools and like understanding the fear and the mind and the body and nervous system freaking out. So I was able to transition that. I wouldn't say it was easy in terms of like, um, there was a bunch of unknown, like I'm leaving a career and I'm going out to something I don't even know. I never was an entrepreneur. I just was like a workhorse. And so that was the biggest first pivotal moment. And everyone looked at me like I was crazy. Everyone said, this makes no logical sense. It didn't make logical sense. I had the career path. I'm already in now just follow this. Mm -hmm. And there was something that was just like, nope, this is not it. 
And that something kept getting louder and louder and louder. And then the path started appearing where now I'm in James's world. Now I'm witnessing coaching. Now I'm noticing what does energize me? What does expand me? What does light me up? What feels heavy and resistance? And I just kept kind of giving myself time to tune in and listen. Like, what are those things? Because everyone here has their own unique aligned path. And unless you actually tune in to ask yourself those questions, you're not going to know what's best for you. I never gave myself a chance to know. I was just like, go, 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 go. So long story long, that was the biggest, I think, first hit of like this inner voice intuition. And I used it during a time where I think most people wouldn't have jumped to like build a different career. They usually stay into like the safety. And I know why fear, comfort, all that stuff too. But that's the first one that really came through. And I was like, okay, moving forward from that, I did a bunch of other things too. That was just purely intuition based. And again, made no logical sense. People thought you were crazy, but it's never guided me wrong. The only time I get guided wrong is when I don't listen to my intuition. So that's powerful. And I think that like you and I've talked about intuition and the power of it, and it really yeah. is it's a muscle you have to build a relationship with, right? Big time, big time. So when you decided that, wait, I think I'm being called in this, whatever this coaching direction is going to be, right? Because yeah. I mean, for a person, there's so many similarities between us. I just laugh every time. I know. There's so many, but it's just the, this piece of like this high achiever, I work hard. No, I'm not afraid of that at all. Like I actually, no. I actually have to be told to back off sometimes because totally. yeah. it just goes. And in my world, Berna was a badge of honor. That was literally yeah. a badge of honor. Like you're doing a yeah. great job and then you'd receive the, you know, the praise for it. So it's like, okay, I mm-hmm. guess this is what it takes. Um, when yep. you had this moment of this like epiphany moment where it's like, I want to choose this unknown thing that I don't even know what it's called. Did you make the change right away? Or did you go back to working with the Olympic athletes and then just let it finally hit you? Like, what was that, that transition like? Transition. Yeah. So I, good question. I worked in sport full-time for a while and then I wanted to pull away. So I did it part-time and did uh part-time sport. And then I worked part-time in a clinic. And mm-hmm. at this point, I wasn't in James's thing. I didn't know coaching yet, but I was like, I want to give this online thing a go. And I'm not going to lie. I was ignorant. I didn't know about online. I thought it was like for douchebags. I thought it was like jerk. Like, I just had no idea. Okay. Same. I'm just going to be frank. Like, I'm like, these are people just trying to steal people's money. Talk about money shit. Like, yeah, we got to clear that. But so I started just um, like filming videos and showing up on the side. And like, then I joined another program with Sue McLaren about memberships. Yeah, But I was like learning about online space as much as I could and then filming and just showing up live and doing launches for probably a good uh, year of like doing my work part-time, but then focusing on building this. And then when it was probably about a year, I didn't know yet the coaching space yet. I was just like, I just want to help more people in fitness and injuries. I can do this too. And I, guys, I built it like apps. I filmed like a thousand videos, like professionally shot. Like we're talking, I did all the things. Okay. This is before I knew I wanted to do the coaching. But then as soon as I knew it was like, it's this direction. I honestly, the next day on Instagram switched. Wow. Like the next post. And like, and you're talking, I posted like five times a day, exercise, rehab techniques. Like, and I just was like, I'm just going to go for it. I don't know. So there was, I knew there was a transition out of full-time sport. I didn't know what the transition was. And for me, it was like, let me do private practice and part-time. And then Mm -hmm. once I knew with, I was like, now it's coaching. Now I'm going to go hard in the rabbit hole of like, what is subconscious programming, certifications, reading, books, courses. Um, And then essentially I just, the next day I just like, so I'm doing this and here's what I'm learning. And I just started sharing what I was learning. And through that, 
I started doing coaching for James after doing his three months training thing. And then I just started picking up clients and it just like kept happening. But as soon as I knew, it's like, I don't know if anyone's into human design. I'm not someone who's like, this is a Bible and this is exactly who you are. But as a, in human design, I'm a manifesting generator. Mm-hmm. And so this means I'm multi-passionate. It's so true. And so it helped me learn about myself. And I got to say, okay, is this true for me? Or is this not true for me? Is this useful for me or not? And it was to recognize that I thrive in doing multiple things. And when I'm energized, um, I'm in flow state. I can move really fast with certain things. As soon as I know something though, like intuition, as soon as I know, it's like, I go. So we're talking if I want to move. As soon as I wake up the next day, I need to be somewhere else. I'll go right away because intuition and my connection is so strong. That muscle is so strong. I built it over time to know, like, as soon as I get the heck yes or heck no, I move fast. So yeah, it was like, it was kind of a transition, but as soon as I knew coaching, I was like, we're going here, let's do this. And I just went full in. I will say for some people though, I knew myself, Mm -hmm. know yourself. Some people have, I know work full-time jobs as they're building something out and that's great for them. I trust myself to make anything I decide work. And if I don't, I get the clarity, I get the contrast. So action for me is going to help create clarity. As soon as I get the heck yes, this is go and intuition's like locked in. I know I'm going to make whatever that work or along that path, there's going to be something that comes along that helps redirect that. So, but that doesn't always work for other people. Burning the boats and just jumping doesn't work. So for anyone listening, start to know yourself. How does my intuition speak to me? And um, what would make me feel comfortable, not operating from fear, but help me transition if I am in a pivot or in a career. Everyone will be a little bit different. I thank you for sharing all of that. I think there's something really powerful in the sense that I believe one of the best things we can do is build a better relationship with ourselves. Learn 100%. what our flaws are, learn what our limiting beliefs are, what our patterns are. And because then you can see them, right? Not from yeah. a shame perspective, but from a perspective of like, oh, here, wait a minute, I'm back in the same spot again. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I'm hearing, and I just want to point out for people who are listening, is I think you ask better questions. And I think that's what one of the things that happens, right, is so I would love Mm -hmm. to, somebody's listening to this, they feel super stuck in their situation. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of power in asking questions. Because if you ask, if you say a statement in that I don't have options, then Mm -hmm. your subconscious mind is right. You're right. You don't. But yes, if you state, right, in a different question. Yeah. So share some of the questions that you ask yourself when you're in those turning points. Yeah. What are some of the ones that work for you? So I think on the theme of what we were talking about with pivoting or someone's being stuck, a classic question is like, what do I want? And I'm going to say sometimes that's the most annoying question here. Because you're like, I don't know what I want. Like if you told me that before James was like giving me clarity, I would be like, I don't know. Just tell me what to do. Yeah. So use opposite. What do I not want? Like, what do I not? Where's the clarity and contrast here? So I knew in sport, I wanted more autonomy. When I worked, how I worked with who I worked, my income, like I wanted more autonomy. So I was starting to use the contrast of what I didn't like about an area. It doesn't matter what this is. And I say, okay, what's the opposite of that? And I started to look for like, how could I start creating that? So how could I create this? How could I afford this? How could I make this happen? How can I create this opportunity? Opening, asking open-ended questions is going to help your mind open up and your subconscious mind has to answer questions if you give it to it. So if you're saying statements like I can't, yeah, of course, whatever you say is correct. So if you're opening open-ended questions, then your mind eventually will search for them. So let's say, I just want to give a couple more here though. So if I don't know what I want, what do I not like? There's another way to start doing this is what energizes me and expands me and I could get lost in doing 
versus what feels heavy and resistance. Not to say that everything in life can feel like rainbows and butterflies. We're not saying that. But even some of the work we're doing, the mundane stuff in business, can still feel energizing. There's still nuances around it versus other type of work. Um, And then I want to ask after the follow-up of like, okay, what do I want? There's contrast clarity. What expands me? What energizes me versus what drains me? What plugs me? Like brings brings me down? Is ask yourself why do I want that? Because for a lot of people, what they want is actually not what they want. It's society. It's programming. It's what they think is the next logical step. So they think they should be doing. And so if when you ask why do I want that, it's like, do I even want a home in a white picket fence right now, or am I better traveling? And for me, it's like, I realized I was building a life based on other people's subconsciously. I'm not choosing this, but just subconsciously, like other people's paths and beliefs and what was in front of me versus saying like, do I actually even want this? So we want to make sure what you want is actually in alignment with your higher self and your path of like, it doesn't matter what it makes logical sense to anyone else, but it's like, why do I want this? And what would that give me? When you ask what that would give me, let's say more time. It's okay. What does time give me? what would that give me? Uh, More time to travel. Okay. What would travel give me? You keep kind of asking, what would that give me? And it can help start eliciting your values. So maybe values is time or family or something, because if we're starting to build things or desires that are, have uh, conflict with our values, your subconscious mind's not going to let that happen. So I would say to start with those three questions of understanding what it is I do want. If I don't, what's the opposite? You can look at another way of like what energizes me or what doesn't. And then why do I want that? Make sure it's actually yours, not just someone else's dream or desire. And what does that give you? And you can start to kind of distill a little bit of a direction um, if it's in line with you and the values that you're operating from. If you go against your values at an unconscious level, it just won't happen. Your subconscious mind will always work towards your deep values. But if you don't know what your values are and you're looking at investing in a program or a coach or this and you think, oh, it's going to take more time away from my family, you're never going to do it. So it's also kind of a way of uncovering some unconscious conflicts as you're going towards your desires. Boom. So good. Like seriously, so, so, so good. You know, a lot of people don't even know what their values are. And Mm. if you don't know, like that is a really, I did a course, um, it's a quick story, but I did a course probably 14 years ago and it was a weekend course on values. And when I went to this course, I was in a point that I was a, I was an owner in a brick and mortar business that I was so freaking miserable. It wasn't even funny. Mm. I couldn't figure out how to get out. I was locked into this like ownership of this building and all these things. And I remember going to this values um, course weekend. I had no idea what it was going to be, but I just, my gut went take it. And I did. And it was interesting because at the end, like we went through three days of really learning about ourselves and -hmm. I went through these values and I ended up with coming up with eight of them. And when I looked at it, I went, there is not one of those values that match the place that I'm in business wise, like not one. And those are the moments where it's like, no wonder I feel miserable. No wonder I feel so like absolutely miserable. So learning values is learning more about yourself, which makes it easier to make decisions. Right. And it's just the longest time I had the list of values up on my wall. And when I had to make a decision, I would look at it. It's like, nope, doesn't match. Okay. Well then that's not that, but that's consciously, but subconsciously we don't go against our values either. It's just that we don't know what our values are. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 Big time. Like that story you just shared is so common with most people. We're just going through on autopilot um, yeah. until you start to do the deep work and uncover and like, what are the beliefs? What are the patterns? What's my identity? Most of us are just creating life on autopilot based on previous, again, society or what you heard around you, all this fun stuff. You and I talk about all the time. Um, but it's, it's actually starting to discern like, 
am I operating in alignment with my highest self, my values this is what I yeah. want or someone else's. And then when you're looking at building stuff, exactly. Like if there's unconscious conflict happening, whether that is a, a belief or a value unconscious conflict, your subconscious mind is not going to allow that to happen. If it's not in alignment with your values, it's going to, and it's, I hate the word self-sabotage because it's your brain's doing its job to protect you. And it's actually doing what has been programmed. But so most people don't understand that the programs that they have, the beliefs that they have, the identity they have, the values that they have aren't actually theirs. They didn't choose. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little bit unnerving in one point. So like, what do you mean? But it's also very empowering. It's like whatever right now we have in our 3D reality is a reflection of your own internal world, whether we're conscious of it or not. It's my bank account is a reflection of my money beliefs, what I see about money, how I believe, what I believe about money, my environment, who I am, my health. Everything is just a reflection of my internal world. Most people don't recognize though, like what actually is my internal world that's creating this current thing. And what I did for the longest time was just work harder, more strategy. But you and I both know like what actually creates results, action and strategy and how to is the easiest bit. And that's the thing that comes right before a result. What comes before actions and strategies and how to is our state, our vibration, our frequency. It's how we feel, um, emotions, which people hate that word, but like, yo, frequency, vibration, look at that energy. Um, we can pull in law of attraction and vibration here too. But for example, I'm going to anchor that in too, because I can already hear when I heard that, I was like, oh, floofy, whatever. When I'm in a really empowered mood, I'm confident, I'm bold, I'm badass. Yeah. I make very different decisions, take very different actions and get different results. When I'm disempowered, not very confident, I'm going to take very different actions that get different results. So even if you don't believe in that stuff, notice when you're in a different state, what different actions you take, which again, create different results. But then what comes before our state and our emotions is our thoughts. How many do we have? 95,000 a day. Most are on repeat. Most are negative. Well, that's a great recipe for change. So your thoughts and words are frequency. I, I can think a thought and that emits a frequency. My words are frequency. That can change my state, which changes my actions, which changes my results. But where do our thoughts come from? Subconscious mind, our programming, our identity, our beliefs, our values. We didn't choose those. We learned everything that's in our subconscious mind. And our subconscious mind writes everything. That's why you and I are so passionate about this work we do. It's like you can absolutely change your life, but it's not at the end where the results and actions are. That's like the last couple of things. It is diving deep under the hood of what's driving the intention behind everything we're doing. And then of course, your your higher self, your intuition helps guide all of that. And I would say what, what prevents people from really tuning into their values or their intuition or their alignment with their higher self is old conditioning, old programs, old fears, worries, stuff that's not theirs essentially. Mm-hmm. So like clear out that stuff and figure out what is mine? What am I choosing? What is useful for me moving forward? And then from that place, watch your life change because it's now yours versus being programmed. Oh, that is just, that's so freaking powerful. What you just said there and anybody listening, please like play that last three minutes again, that that really described what my journey was a decade ago, where it was like, I had to recognize what are my thoughts? What am I mm-hmm. thinking? I didn't understand any of this stuff with NLP. I just knew Tony Robbins said, if you keep saying you're stuck, you're going to feel stuck. And I'm like, all right. Oh, so yeah. how many times am I saying stuck? Oh my God. I'm saying it like hundreds of times an hour. No wonder I feel that way. And you start to understand the power of those words and how often you're saying them. And yeah. we're so funny as humans, because we will choose the discomfort that we know because oh, the, the discomfort's predictable. And we know how it feels as opposed to something new, which could be freaking incredible, right? It could be like just this next level change you're desiring, but 
we that's an unknown. I know what miserable feels like. So I guess I'll yeah. choose this one over here. Totally. And it is that it's like our brain likes predictability. Mm-hmm. So we'd rather choose the enemy, the poison, the pain we know than the unknown. But like, here's the classic reframe question you and I have asked all the time. Most people say, what if it doesn't work out? What if it does? What if it works out better than you ever can imagine? My life drastically changed. So I, another pivot really quick. Um, I was with someone for seven and a half years. We were engaged. Perfect on paper. Everyone loved him. He's a great man. Nothing wrong. We just, my, there was whispers again. So I always say there's a whisk, there's like a little pebble, then there's a rock, then there's a fucking boulder. Okay. So then a boulder hit me and I was like, this is not in alignment with where you're going. You guys are not happy together. You've tried stuff. It wasn't a lack of, I posted this online. Some guys like you, you have lack of commitment issues. I'm like, thanks dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thanks Joe. Some random, I don't know who you are, but, um, but it, it was like this, it, we were both not in alignment and we both were just trying to force something to make it work. And so yeah. I called off the engagement and that year was the hardest year of my life, but the best year of my life. And then what preceded that was like, my life completely changed met my soul friends, my business changed. Everything was like just shifted in alignment. But if I had thought of like, well, like, and I'm talking, I didn't have, uh, I didn't plan. Like I, I was at a beach journaling and I just felt so off. There's so much resistance. I'm like, what is this? And it hit me like, you and it, we're not supposed to be together. And I was like, oh my God. So then I'm like, okay. I knew it and I knew it right away, but I just kept ignoring it over the years. Like, no, we'll figure this out. There's potential to that. I'm like, no, we're not in alignment. We're actually making each other un- more unhappy than whatever. So again, imagine some of the situation, home or condo, married, stable, everyone loves this, perfect on paper, makes no logical sense. That morning I'm like, okay, now I know, give me the words, the path to help sort this out, have a really good conversation. No. It happened that night and I wasn't planning for it. So I literally had to find a new place to live. Like we're talking like in a matter of three days, it was like everything 180. Friends left. They're not really friends. I don't believe you can lose what's meant for you. The universe just cleared everything out. Like we're talking, I had to find a new place to live. I had to move. I had no idea what the F I was doing. I moved to a small lake town by myself and I was like, I'm going to dig in and uncover patterns and just heal and be with myself, not distract myself. But I literally went from having everything to a moment having nothing, new town, didn't know how I was going to pay my bills because business was pivoting, all the stuff. Had I not done that though, because of fear, the last series of my life would have been, I like I would have missed out on all of this. Mm-hmm. And so I know what it's like to be in fear and unknown. And what I'm saying is if you have an intuition hit of something pulling you towards something, trust that. You can't fuck up what's meant for you. You can't lose what's meant for you. It will stay in your life. And the path will always be provided. But if you stay in the pain that you know, you have no idea what you're missing out on in life. And my life has completely 180 in every aspect, friends, financials, business. Like, yes, you have to release the things that are aligned for you. And that can be painful, heartbreak for sure. But then you welcome in people who you have such soul deep friendships with. You had no idea you could even have that deeper friendships with. So like, look at the trade-off, you know, of like, do I want to stay in that pain? Or is there an intuition pulling me to say, there's something else out there for you. There's something more aligned. There's something better for you. Both of you guys trust it. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And I, I know that can relate to so many people. You're in this space where it's like, you have the intuitive hit, you know, the answer. And a lot of people still don't act on that because it's scary. It's it's scary. scary. Yeah. And it's, and it's scary though, staying in the same position for year after year, after year, after year, like imagine that for a second. Like, I know, I know. I don't even, 
Yeah. No, I'm in a different, um, a different age bracket, but I can tell you when my kids are in their twenties and we had a lot of friends whose kids were around the same ages. I, mm-hmm. I can count on one hand, the people that are still together, not the mm-hmm. ones that there should be a time where it's like, you count the people that have split up. I can yeah. barely count the ones that have stayed together now. And yeah. there are some that it was like, wow, I didn't see that coming. I'm like, no, I saw that one coming. Like you could just see things and yeah. you look at it and go like spending decades, absolutely miserable. They might be both yeah. really good people. Like there's nothing. Totally. I think this is a big piece of it is, is that we think when we choose ourselves, we yeah. are saying there's something wrong with that person, but we're not yeah. saying that we're choosing yeah. what's best for us. Big time. And what's best for you is best for everyone else. Like, please hear that. When you're your happiest, most fulfilled, wealthiest, love self, and your your cup is overflowing, you are a better parent. You're more present. You're a better partner. You're a better business owner. You're better for everything. So like this whole notion of like self-care is selfish. No, it's not. It's actually selfish of you not to take care of yourself, to be your happiest, most abundant, wealthiest, loving self. Because as you're in that state, imagine you operating in your life from that place point of view versus depleted, tired, burnt out, stressed, no money, sacrificing, putting everyone else before you. And I get it. It's, but it's programming. It's literally old programming and society stuff. So, and he is way happier and I'm way happier. Like it's what is best for you will be best for everyone else. And like, I always go back to, you can't fuck up what's meant for you. So if I was meant to be in his life, we would come back. We'd have like separated, healed and come back. And we didn't, he found someone else and it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is challenging the thinking, challenging the beliefs around it, challenging the norms. But like everyone does have that inner guidance, intuition. It's just, are you giving yourself a chance to actually sit and be quiet and let the mind drama settle? Mm-hmm. Are you actually giving yourself a chance of asking yourself questions? Like, do I even want this, this business I have built? Is this actually what I still want? There's many people who have built businesses that don't want, it's not in alignment with where they're going anymore. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you're a human being here to experience and change and evolve and grow. It doesn't have to be the same thing for the next six years of your life if it's miserable and you're like, whatever it is. So my for people who are also like, well, how do you tune into intuition? Just start with small things. Mm-hmm. I played games. I was walking. Do I go left or right? Food. Like little little things. Don't Not stuff that's got big pressure because then your brain's going to be in fight or flight, shutting down. Now I'm in survival mode versus like open creative mode. But just start to ask yourself questions and even give yourself a chance to check in with yourself a, a couple of times a day, white space, or use it with smaller things to start training that muscle. You wouldn't go to the gym and pick up 500 pounds. You go to the gym and pick up maybe 10 pounds. And then over time, for me now, it's like as soon as I get the intuition hit, I don't care what it is. I go because every time that muscle and that connection is so strong, like we're talking, I've changed careers, I've moved, left partnerships. And it always works out better for everyone in the vicinity, myself included, when I trust that. And there can be lots of money on the table. And you're just like, it's not a line fit. No, I have to trust that because it's never gotten me wrong. Oh. But start somewhere small and like strengthen the muscle first. Get used to your own guidance um, and have someone help you clear all the noise and the fear and the limiting beliefs. Like that is a very real thing. Like you can't change the subconscious mind with just conscious work all the time. You have to go into the hood and have someone help you do subconscious programming. They speak different languages. So if you're like, I can't hear it, most people, if they can't just clear the thoughts, the physiology, like get that clear and present first. So then you can actually tune into your own inner innate wisdom. Mm. And see, I think this is such a a unique conversation in a sense, because I say it on the show on my solos a lot, but I love having somebody else on who is like speaking a lot of the same language. 
Like you mm-hmm. can't consciously bring a goal to life that you don't subconsciously think is possible. 100%. So it's not your board, right? No. It's not your it's it's not your workout plan, it's not the no. wrong diet, it's not the like it's not the wrong bank, it's not that if you don't believe it is possible, then there is no conscious plan that you can put into place. No, zero. And if there's any resistance around it, like if you haven't got your subconscious mind and nervous system on board to your conscious desires, your brain subconsciously will think that's a threat and it will do everything it can to work against it. This is why business owners are like, oh, you know, I've made a bunch of money and then they don't make money next month. And it's like, it's because your subconscious mind's running programs on autopilot that you didn't learn, you didn't choose, but they're there based on what was around you and you learned all this stuff, right? Um, you have to align your subconscious mind and nervous system to your conscious desires. And you're like, well, how do I know? Is there any resistance? Is there any doubt? Is there any fear? Is there any stuff coming up for you? Not to say that you're not going to have physiology happen, but every time you have a trigger or physiology, go within and say, what is that? Because that's showing you where your blind spot is. Of There's an old program running, old thought, old fear, old belief that is in the background running the show. And that's what's dictating. Again, we talked about the whole getting results, that whole path. It starts from you. Mm-hmm. That's exactly where it starts from. And I want to ask you, as somebody who has been diving in for this much work can and what you've done, can you share, and it doesn't have to be numbers, I'm not saying that, can you just share the growth of your business and what has changed oh, by everything. doing what you're doing now? Everything's changed. Like, <laughs> I I feel like I, I love what I do first. Not that I didn't love what I did, okay? I loved working with athletes. I could read and breathe and talk about subconscious mind, psychology, nervous system all day, every day. Like anyone I meet randomly, they say something like, hey, like I just can do it. Um, I went from salary to making over six figures, barely working, traveling around the world, like completely scheduled my time, people I love to work with, projects I love to work with, speaking opportunities, podcasts, like, and that's the part of the business I'm in now is starting to shift how I can scale in a different way. So now it's about speaking and helping more people on a greater scale versus just doing small group programs and one-to-one. But yeah, I would from barely making, I don't know, 50K to over six figures very easily with, I don't even know if I feel like I'm working ever. Like I'm not, I'm not, I have coaching um, during the week, but it's like, like, it's a couple hours here and there. Mm -hmm. And then I get to travel and be with my dog and live anywhere I want. So life has drastically changed since I got into this work. and more so the clients I get to work with, like their business results are more impressive. Like having someone go from 30K month to 100K month, very simply and easily. And it's just doing inner work. It's, it's all this inner work stuff that's helping change and shift their lives, their relationships, their business, their ease. And I would also say too, people make lots of money, but are you fulfilled and happy and at ease and peace? Do you know people I work with that are not in that space? And it's like, it's not about the money, the external. It's like, how are you feeling day to day? Are you peaceful? Or do you have inner peace, resilience? Are you happy and fulfilled with what you're doing? Because that's what I give a shit about. When you're in that place, the achievement, the money is just a natural byproduct. But most people are like operating in the external 3D versus go within first, clear that, get yourself grounded and present and watch everything else in terms of opportunities, money just come in naturally Yes, based on law of attraction, whatever, but also more based on you're clear and free and operating in fear and you're operating from your own alignment moving forward. So yeah, everything has changed in life. It's like, this is what I get to do. We can have a podcast today and just have fun. I have some coaching here. I get to help in this container, speak here. Mm -hmm. Um, And now, yeah, Marsha, now the game is how do I scale? Speak more, help more impact, run retreats and live events. And now it's so things have shifted. It's, It's been really fun. 
I love that. I love that. What has been one of the biggest learning lessons you've had about yourself and your own subconscious programming? Like your own limiting beliefs, your biggest one that you were like, Ooh, I did not know. And now I see it when it comes up. Can I relate to that? You can do whatever you want. (laughs) There's so many. And I'm like, I will talk on this forever. Um, I want to bring up for whatever reason dating. Mm-hmm. There's been so many weird things with dating with me. Not weird things. Um, in terms of old beliefs and programming and shame and guilt around like dating, what it looks like and stuff. Like that for me has been the biggest, most present in like the last year thing that's come up for me of like showing me, wow, here's my blind spots of what I think things should be or not be, my expectations. Um, I learned a lot after that breakup with my fiance about like, I didn't realize I was doing this subconsciously, but I was looking for someone else to make me happy and fulfilled. What a recipe of disaster that is. And like pressure on that person. Again, I'm not consciously choosing this, but when I sat on that lake for eight months with my journal crying and just like diving in, I was like, wow, I'm my being my mom here. Love her, but we just have different ways of being. Wow. I'm operating from a fear here, or I'm operating from you make me happy. So there's been a lot of most recently dating in terms of even going on dates and and being more in my feminine energy versus this hyper masculine alpha female hard work that's been a huge shift um i think the other biggest shift that happened earlier on was the belief of hard work make is equals money or success and it doesn't and i had to really reprogram that one like yes you work how do you like working hard i love what i do i don't feel like i'm working hard ever it's like i'm in flow and i'm energized and i'm doing stuff but when I used to do is like work 20 hours a day, again, badge of honor, burnout, going to the hospital, burnout, like just in, to shift that way of being to being in flow. And like some days are more open, some days are more full and being totally okay with how I operate and how I do business, which is very intuitive led. It's not like this whole five-year plan. Um, I've had to do a lot of shifting and programming around that. But once I'm in that, it's like, holy cow, I'm in that flow and alignment. Everything's just easy. Like it's just, it is flow. And I don't know if anyone's played sports, but it's like that flow state in sport. You're just playing. You're not thinking yeah. about playing. You're just playing. So now it's like, I'm just, I'm just in flow much more than I am in this. Like, like don't get me wrong. I have moments of like, well, what the F am I doing? But yeah. I'm just like, okay, I know it's, I'm now I'm growing. That's an edge of my comfort zone. That's a signal for me to keep going. Cause my brain is trying to keep me to what I know. So those are the two main ones in terms of dating and then also reprogram the hardworking one. But yeah, in terms of coaching and tools every day, and if I can't shift something myself, I reach out right away because every successful person who's fulfilled doesn't allow the emotional turmoil just like render, like it's taking up time, space and energy. So if I can't shift something myself, I reach out right away to get support and shift that so I can keep moving forward. Yeah, I think that I I think that is underestimated as far as how powerful that is. Like old version of me would have never asked for help because that I I don't need it because I can figure it out myself. And this version of me is like, ooh, I don't like where I feel stuck right now. Who can I contact? Yeah. Not to sit and bitch with, but help me to shift this because I'm missing something. Like I'm missing yeah. something with where I'm at. And sometimes it's literally all I've had to do is speak it out loud. And it's like, okay, okay, I've got it. Now I'm fine now. Like I understand yeah. what I need to do, but it's choosing not to stay in that space. A hundred percent. And like every person has blind spots. Like if we're, if I'm walking around right now and I have Brock in my teeth, the only way I'm going to know if I have Brock in my teeth, if I look in a mirror, my own shit. Okay. And, or someone says, Hey, Danny, you got something here. 
we all have blind spots. And as we're growing and scaling our businesses as, as people, like there's no way you can Google, but you don't know how to Google. So you, it's, if you, to see help as like a oh, weakness, which I get, I was the same too. It's like, no, this is my fuel. Like the Olympic athletes have the best of the best nutrition, physiology, like um, all that stuff to help them excel in their sport. They're already at the top of their game. They're using all the support to help them go the next little 1%, 1%. Same as business owners, the same as Olympic athletes. So if you don't have support in your corner, whether it's a coach, mentorship, mastermind, something, you're yeah. moving way slower than you have to. You have probably a bunch of more resistance you don't need to be dealing with to shift out of. Um, so I like the reframe of when I ask for help, it's because I'm up to big things. Because who in their life has ever accomplished big things by themselves? You can, absolutely. We're not saying you can't, but you go way farther, way faster, way easier with people in your corner. So for me, it's like when I ask for help, it's because I'm up to big things, not because I'm weak and I can't do something. The same thing is asking for help, but how I'm seeing it, how I define it changes my experience of it. Um, and the same thing with emotional trauma and beliefs. Let's look at business. The amount of time or money it takes me to sit in my little pity party and overthinking or, okay, how long am I in that pity party for? An hour, half a day, a week? Okay, where is that taking in terms of if you want to look at money, how much is that costing you to sit in that space of like overthinking or stuckness in your business or your time, energy, and how is it affecting your relationships? For me, this is like the stuff that snipes that out fast and um, easier to help you more be more effective, more present, more enjoyable, create business, even more wealth, more success, easier. So that's just how I see it. It's like if there's resistance holding me back, clear the shit so I can move further faster. Yeah. I don't know. So I see. Oh. That's so helpful because again, I think that, I think that it's really easy to think we should be doing this by ourselves. Like we should know better. We're entrepreneurs. We're on this. And I, and no, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I, you share a ton of content. I'm going to make sure we have all your stuff in the show notes, but you share a ton of content on like, I see you as not somebody who has any issues putting content out, which I love Oh no, um, none. And but you share so much content that's just like actionable pieces, reframing in the moment, seeing something. You also talk a lot about money. So mm-hmm. I think as money as like, I can, I'm saying money and some people might be going, ew. And you're like, oh, I love this. Like this love is it. such a, such a big thing. So share some big money tips, money things, money reframes that have helped you yeah. for the listeners. Well, first it's getting, okay. So I'll share this really quick. Everything in your life. I want you to think of money as like a thermostat. So you know, on a, on a wall, there's a thermostat that has like, turn the temperature up, turn the temperature down. Everyone has their own preset thermostat right now with money. Um, how do you know, check your bank account. What's been the last like six months been like for you, even if business up and down, like you always need to come back to a certain level. So as I work with entrepreneurs, I work with either like multi six, seven, eight figure entrepreneurs. What holds them back truly is their place around money, self worth, enoughness, just shit around money. And so for me, I'm like, if I can shift this for you, you're going to scale your business easier and faster with ease and fulfillment and pleasure versus pressure, stress, and anxiety, fight or flight. Um, and so if you look at how you see money, your identity with money as a pre programmed thermostat, the thermostat's job is to keep the temperature at a certain range, right? If the heat, it gets super hot out, the temperature is going to kick on to cool down the room. If the cold air comes in, the temperature thermostat's going to kick on to heat up the room. Okay. Everyone has their own wealth thermostat. Most people don't know what it is because who questions, what do I think about money? What do I believe to be true about money? What's my identity with money? 
And instead, they're looking to build wealth and money, but don't actually understand, again, the intention, the subconscious mind that's driving the thoughts, the state, the actions, and the results. So for me, one of the biggest money things that I had to overcome was working hard for money. How many people do you know work their asses off and aren't wealthy? So many divisions, nurses, teachers, right? Hard work does not equal more money. How many people do you know barely works and makes a lot of money? And we can flip that in so many different ways. Works a lot, makes a lot of money, works not a lot, makes a lot of money, hardly works, makes a lot of money. Like you can flip any which way. So the point is you recognize, well, if that's just a belief and a belief is just a thought I continue to think over and over again until it's my truth, not the truth, but there's another person out there who's barely working or working in a different way and making a lot of money. Can I choose to maybe see it differently? Can I take on a different belief that's more useful and serving for me? Not necessarily true because who gives a shit what's true? Everyone argues about what's true all the time. Like the smartest people in the world are always arguing about what's true. What I want people to start asking themselves is, is this belief, my way of being, my thought, my identity useful for me for where I'm going? And if it's not, now we have to understand where am I now? Awareness of my current wealth thermostat. Where do I want to be? And what would the version of me, like what would they believe to be true about money? What's possible? Business, selling, um, myself. And how do I now start closing the gap on where that is? Because until you increase your wealth thermostat, you always will come back down to the wherever it's been programmed to. And so with entrepreneurs in the beginning, a lot of it's around, oh, I just got to make money. Once I make money, then I'll feel safe. Then I'll feel secure. Then I'll do this, which is never going to happen. Just going to say it. You can't work from have, do, be. You got to be it now in order to have it. So common thing is like, once I have the time, once I have the money, once I have this, da, 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 then I'll do this, be this, then I'll have this. And you're like, how's it working out for you? That's the ask backwards way of doing it. So we want to look at what do I want? And who do, I, who do I need to be in order to do the things required to do in order to have those that lifestyle? So someone who makes multi-millions of dollars thinks very differently, acts very differently, believes very differently about money than someone who's making their first six figures. They're still the same person in terms of they put their pants on, they're a human being. There's no difference, but their programming and how they see things is very different. And their results reflect that. Um, and so then usually what happens is as people get money, more stuff comes up for them. Oh, now I have good money. No, oftentimes more stress and anxiety comes up for people who make more money. Now they're worried about losing it. Now they're worried about, oh my God, what are people going to think of me? Um, so many examples of this where they wanted to buy uh, their favorite bag, but then, oh my gosh, what are people going to think? And now they don't have it. So look at me showing off this money. So then they make it. Now they're ashamed of having it, worried about judgment. Now they got the, all this fucked up shit around it. It's It's something that's involved in everyone's life. And it plays a big role in everyone's life. It's involved with everything, your groceries, your health, whatever. So if your relationship with money is not solid, it's not a good word to say, um, it's just not um, abundant or it's causing you stress, anxiety, fear, or you're on this constant roller coaster, you can absolutely reprogram the beliefs and identity to help better align with being more grounded and present as you scale your business in a way that's aligned for you. So money is my favorite because it's involved in everything. And most people would be like, oh, you got some money. You should be fine. No, I just had someone apply for coaching with me and how they were describing money. You'd think that they had no money and they were making 300K a month. And you're like, what? But it's like, oh, but I'm just around money. And I don't know. And it's not to say it's right or wrong, but it's rather it is just our relationship with our experience with our beliefs at any around money that's causing this to occur. 
Imagine if you shifted and changed that, what would happen for your life, your business, your relationships, everything around that? Oh, so many things. Sorry, I went on like a 10 minute tangent. No, 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 no. You're like, I wouldn't believe. (laughs) No, I I think it's this really powerful piece because I think that if we, like, we don't continue to grow ourselves, see, see our blind spots and understand what we value about money and what it can do for us, then even Mm -hmm. if we do achieve it, we will never hold it. We will like, we will not be able to sustain it. So it's interesting because here we'll do a little bit of a profiling. I can name firsthand people that I know who have done extremely well for themselves financially. Yeah. Still probably some of the most unhappy people that I know. And I I know them personally, so I'm not like making a generalization. Health is absolute garbage. And I just look at it and for the longest time I had this hmm, deep feeling that like I wanted to create more wealth for myself, but not at that price. Like that was not a price for me. And so I had to really start to understand that like, what what am I doing here subconsciously? Because, and I just, I really get curious with myself. What am I doing here subconsciously? And when I had this conversation with somebody involved in this situation, they said, you're just have to be willing to pay more dues to make more money. And I'm like, what do you mean dues? And they said, more dues, you have to pay more in order to do. And I'm like, but pay in what form though? Like, do I, do I have to lose my health in order to have like, is that's not my story. And that's why I just said, that's, that's great. That's your story. It's not my story. And so I do know people firsthand who have made what we would consider, like, I'm sure everybody listening here would be thinking, what do you you mean? Somebody couldn't, couldn't figure out and be okay with $300,000 a month, but it's all relative, right? It's relative because I know coaches who were making consistent hundred K months, but got so hyped up in the growth of it that they were yeah. running a team that cost them $40,000 a month. Like yeah. all of a sudden it was like, I've got nothing left over, but I was told yeah. I should hire more. I should do more. And, and so I think this is the identity work we keep coming back to and how yeah. important it is. And I know you share so much content on your stories and your reels, just about shifting that identity with money. And yeah. so somebody says, okay, great. This sounds awesome. Daniel. Now, how long is it going to take me to make this change? Oh, can we it honestly it can be really fast. Like subconscious programming work, you can shift your state. Like in one session, like one conversation, one reframe can literally change someone's life. I'll say that, right? And then obviously, like an Olympic athlete who's looking to perform their best, they always have support in their corner. They're looking for the next one percent. So as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, if you don't have consistent support in some capacity in your in your corner, especially as you understand more about how the mind works, your brain doesn't like change. Change the brain is a threat. Okay, well, if you're planning on saying the exact same for the rest of your life, then great. But if you're looking to scale and grow and evolve, every time you come up to your next level, the next thermostat level or your comfort zone, that's an opportunity for change and growth that either you step forward into or you step back into. And also, I just want to say this too, it does not have to be stressful and anxiety and fear ridden. Like you can shift how your mind is perceiving information and responding to stuff. So you can actually grow your business enjoyable with pleasure and fulfillment. Like it does not have to be the old school way of like, just grind hard, work hard, do these things. No. And I want to say what you said too. It's like, that's your story. And a girlfriend, Diana, um, we talked about this too. It's like, people say you can't have it all. And it's like, maybe in your world, but in mine, I can. Like, why can't I? Why can't I have it all? How can I have it all? How can I have my health and loving relationship and da 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 and make a lot of money and lots have lots of time? And it goes back to what we talked about is that identity 
belief and value alignment. If I think it has to take a lot of hard work to make money, or if I think um, this equals that, right? And it goes against where I'm going, um, or if it takes a lot of money to do something or hard work, whatever the belief is, you're going to be operating from your beliefs. So your brain's going to try and look to prove you right, no matter what you believe. Even though beliefs are just thoughts, you think all the time until they become your program. So um, no matter what you believe, your brain's going to find evidence for. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though. If I can start to tackle that belief and say, well, hold on, if I don't have to work hard and I can see someone else not working how I used to work hard for money, can I shift that? Can I look have my brain programmed to look for different evidence to say, actually, it can be done a different way because it can be done any which way possible. So back to your actual question, <laughs> I'm doing this again. Um, you can shift some things in one session. Now, as you're doing subconscious programming, when you go back and you uncover like, where is it the brain attached meaning to an event, an experience? And I will say this too, what usually is the problem is never the problem. So people come to me for income and impact plateaus. It's never that. It's always something that's in meaning, a past event, a past experience, trauma, et cetera, that has caused the brain to like blow up data in terms of, whoa, 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 don't go anywhere near something similar to this experience. It's trying to protect you from something you experienced when you were three or grade three or whatever. So until you clear those blips, until you understand how the mind can process those things and it's not taking up space, working, um, putting energy towards that, I like to think of it like this. Imagine you have a computer with a thousand tabs open. We're just closing the tabs in the background so that your brain can work more efficiently, more effective moving forward. So as you clear that, um, you can clear that in one session. But as you start clearing that, maybe it's like, okay, there's actually an event that happened prior or there's a belief that happened prior. Or as you're scaling and growing, and now it's showing you a different level, a different awareness, other triggers that are coming up that you weren't aware of that you couldn't have been aware of until you got into this environment. So you can change and shift things in a single conversation, a single session. Sometimes it takes a couple more, but to the entrepreneurs up to big things, like you want to have some sort of support in your corner in terms of subconscious programming and nervous system regulation, because you're always going to be scaling and growing, which means you always have to get your mind and body on board to that next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, if you're supporting yourself. want to do it easier. Yeah. Yeah, totally. 100% want to do it easier. I also know that, and I would love for you to explain, I have a friend who is doing her certification in RT, which is so freaking fascinating for me. RT? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. I've been you need to. I'm obsessed. I, I have been a client of hers in testing and it is, it's been a bit mind blowing. I do have to say this. Listen, I've done time techniques. I've done yep. all kinds of things with clients. NLP, but FT, something. Yep. Yeah, there's something really unique. And I know you've interviewed John Connolly too, but I would love for you to yeah. share a little bit of RT because it's just another tool for people who are listening. There are so many different tools and techniques yes. that you can use for subconscious programming, but I would love to just give you a chance to share that one. Yeah, so RRT is Dr. John Conley is the founder of it. Um, he's been on my podcast twice. He does a way better job explaining like ins yeah. and outs of it. He also does some RRT on me. And I'm very vulnerable. Like I open up about some. I'm open, girl. You're gonna listen to some stuff. <laughs> Don't you might be triggered, but um, that's also about leading first, though. Like everyone yeah. has human. Everyone has problems. Everyone has fears. Everyone's got stuff. So like, once more people talk about stuff, you're just like, oh, I thought that too. Or it's not as weird. Um, this goes back to your podcast episode we did of sharing your story, like the power mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so RRT stands for Rapid Resolution Therapy, and from someone who's been learning it 
um, spend the last year just, I feel like I'm doing my master's. I'm just studying it all the time, straight up for calls. It's really like multi-level communication to the subconscious mind. So John won't say necessarily this, but it's like combining hypnosis, um, like different states, conversation, reframes, embedded commands. Um, he won't say it's parts work, but it's something like that. But it's just this, for me, I also did the same thing. I've done so many certifications, NLP, time technique, hypnosis, EFT, lots of different stuff. And there's, and even in that, there's like swish pattern and all these things. Um, but there was always something kind of not quite there. There's gaps. I wasn't quite like either the transformation didn't happen and, or there just was answers they didn't quite have. And I would say learning from John, it's like, he's integrated everything that I had questions about in terms of nervous system regulation, subconscious programming and his approach to it, that it's completely changed my life in terms of even just understanding it, how the mind works and through his lens and perspective and how we can apply it to other people just in conversation. Um, but it's honestly, when you're in, when you're with someone, it's just like a conversation. Like there's sometimes you might close your eyes and stuff, but like really not. And it's the way what he says, he's very intentional with it. Learning it's been like another language. I'm not gonna lie. But when you're in a session or having a coaching session, it's like you're, you and I are just talking right now. It's mm-hmm. nothing like dance around and be all hypnotic. It can, but it's not that. It's just he knows how to address the subconscious mind and communicate to it in a multi-level way where the subconscious mind will get in clear stuff. Like we've had people clear trauma, um, trigger warning, but whether there's death, there's rape, there's horrible things happening, like go from completely distraught life's been to like one session and it's clear or a couple sessions and it's clear. And now they can think of the memory and not have to actually be triggered from it physiology. So it's, it's so fucking powerful because people, he's just changing the name of the game for mental health. Like you no longer have to relive your trauma. So anyone with PTSD, war veterans, you don't have to relive that by speaking about it, by any of that stuff to clear it. You can clear it in a like simple couple sessions, very powerful, very effective way without reliving it, without re-triggering it, that you can fully recall everything without having your body freaking the fuck out. So it's powerful. And it's he's got two books, Life-Changing Conversations. And then um, Grief is Not Sacred. But yeah, his whole take on the mental health space therapy, um, subconscious programming is pretty profound. And it's it's really cool to see people shift and not suffer as much in just a couple sessions. And we're talking about like the crazy stuff you could even imagine someone going through. It's like, you see them change. It's like, holy cow. So I get to do that with people too. And of course, money stuff comes up. Like it is around money, but it's never actually about money. It's never about the external thing. It's about what's happened, events, memories, stuff that we need to clear, close down the tabs to create space and open. So your brain's now working um, towards your goals and assisting you versus trying to protect you from things that have happened in the past. See, and I think that like, it's so ridiculously powerful. I I've had a couple of mind blowing sessions where it's like, Mm. oh, wow, wait, what just happened? And it's so it's using metaphors and it's like chunking up and really making abstract conversation. And all of a sudden, then you get the question about what's the charge on that again. And I'm like, I don't know. It's not there. Like it's, it's literally not there. And that's the difference, right? You and I've talked about this before. And I think there's, this is where there's a lot of, um, connectedness of what we're talking about we have stories and things happen to us all of the time yes some very traumatic I'm never downplaying that very very traumatic things but we don't it's not the story that we are running into problems with it's what we're making the story mean about us it's the meaning it's constant meaning and then our subconscious is running that on repeat right like it's all the time literally running 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 and we are keeping ourselves stuck because of that meaning that we are associating 
with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the brain is doing its job to try and protect you from that event. Like yeah. when there's any sort of um, trauma and it could be anything, it could be a teacher called you in class and, you know, made you embarrassed. Like we're not judging what the event would be, but yeah, if my brain's attached meaning or there was some sort of emotion or, or emotional trauma that happened, your brain's going to say, whoa, 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 let's not experience that again and protect you from that. So this is what people say, self-sabotage. No, your brain's actually protecting you. You just got to figure out what the trigger, what the event, what the meaning is in the past that your brain's trying to protect you from. And to watch someone shift their state. And like you said, like you can feel the emotion. And so who could this be for? Anyone and everyone. But if I can think of a past memory and I can have a physiological response, whether it's PTSD, whether it's an event I was embarrassed about, whether anything, that is showing you that your subconscious mind hasn't processed through something that yeah. is still in the background, giving energy towards trying to protect you from or get you to do or not do something about. So if we think about emotions, they're caused to create an action, start or stop something. Just like sensation of hunger gets you to eat. Sensation of um, thirst gives you drink water. So your body's actually doing all these things for you, but we're misreading what the signals are and it's doing it for a lot of things that are not useful, not happening anymore. But the subconscious mind that doesn't speak the same language as the conscious mind, you and I are talking right now, hasn't got the message that that event that maybe happened a year, five years, 20 years ago is over and it's still exerting energy towards it. How do I know if I can think a thought and cause physiology in my body, something in the background, whether I'm aware of it or not, my brain's still trying to get me to do something about so for anyone who has like looping thoughts and you can't clear that belief, which I did with John actually on my podcast, I had the weirdest belief. It was like, it's not possible. Like, I don't even know what the freaking thing's not possible. It's just not possible. It just keeps coming up for me. I can't clear this. And I could feel resistance. So I'm like, John, on my last episode with him cleared that. And it was crazy to see the link and connection of it. But if I have a looping thought, no matter what I do, it's not cleared. Or I have a physiology trigger every time I talk or think about money or do something, there's something there in the subconscious that needs to be reprogrammed. And that's a really easy sign to say, okay, and you can absolutely shift that too. So all to say is you don't have to suffer. You don't have to like put up with the stuff. You can shift anything, stress, anxiety, fear, horrible events that are still causing you like not sleeping or just causing you stress. You can absolutely shift that. You just have to get your subconscious mind on board to clear that and say, okay, the event's done with, you no longer need to spend energy towards it. And some people are like, can't fathom that. So you can go to his sessions on Monday. They're free. Um, and those are more just quick oh. reframes or read his book. Like yeah. you can see people who have gone through crazy ass stuff. And he just through, again, getting the subconscious mind on board. To, hey, that's not happening anymore. It's over and done with. You don't have to sit and suffer. You don't have to settle. All the stuff can be cleared. This is why you and I are passionate about what we do. It's like, it doesn't have to be this way. You can scale and have fulfillment and ease and peace as you're doing it. Yes, there's going to be things come up, but then you clear those. Yeah. Um, but so many people, I think, are just like, oh, it's just the way it is. I'm just this way. Oh, it's just normal. No, you don't doesn't have to. have to be that way. It yeah. doesn't have to be that way. And I think yeah. that's, um, no, it's a really powerful thing. I actually recently, I'll just share because it's really tied to what you're saying. We yeah. took our authors through, like I'm teaching authors how to share vulnerable stories. And nice. so not like your 30 days punch in your format. I saw that. <laughs> so you're real. You're like. If you want this thing in 30 days, it's not from me. It's not me. I'm like, yeah, yes, me. I ain't that person. <laughs> I love me. it. <laughs> That's very unbranded. Um, and so I, I did it, but we were, I, what I had the authors do in a group was they had to share something that was vulnerable. It could be part of their story, maybe not part of their story, but they had yeah, to share yeah. it in the group, total strangers. And I just had them share it. 
And then they had to receive feedback and they had to allow themselves to receive and tell and share what they, what they took from that. And the whole reason for that is, is that I, I want to create an environment that it's safe to share vulnerable stories, right? I want them yeah, to yeah. feel safe to share. Every single person had a visceral reaction before they shared. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, so now each of you go back to the recording and watch what happened to you physiologically visceral in front of everyone. And they literally yeah. had this like moment of, they couldn't, it was like trying to get it out of their body. And then once it was out, they were like, oh my God, I feel, I haven't felt this relaxed in a long time. Like that's yeah. one story, one piece that we're holding yeah. on to. And I just think it really ties well with what you're saying in the sense that please know that you might think, okay, well, I don't have the big business goals. I don't have the big money goals. So this isn't for me. No, it is. Like what you're holding on to is blocking Everything. you from so many things in your life. Yeah. Everything. And even just like really quick, like, if there's emotional turmoil going on, that doesn't have to be going on anymore. Like you can shift and change that stress, anxiety, but whatever health relationships, a breakup, like it doesn't have to be what society says it has to be like, Oh, just suffer through or like, no, like any sort of emotional turmoil or stress regarding whatever the fuck it is. I had one on dog licking. Okay. Dog licking and the drinking water triggered the F out of me. But it was tied to a memory that my brain was like associating certain things with. It doesn't have to make logical sense, but it doesn't matter what it is. If there's suffering, emotional turmoil, any which way, thoughts that are not helpful for you, regardless of what the topic matter is, who you are, you don't have to be suffering and settle through that. And when you recognize that it's actually your brain trying to do its job to help you, it just hasn't got the message that it's not helpful. Um, until you get that message to it, it's going to keep trying to get you to take an action or cause the emotion to get you to do something. Just like, hey, I'm hungry, feed me. That's what it's trying to do. It's trying to do its job. But when you recognize too that when you clear those things and we're not in fight or flight, because when we kick in fight or flight, our um, sympathetic system kicks up, which is like run like hell or bite hard from a lion, right? Run away or bite hard. When that system kicks up, aka we feel stress, the other system, parasympathetic, goes down. Well, a parasympathetic is about health and restoration. So some people who have chronic health issues, it can link because of the stress of our mind and what's happening here is past events. So you start clearing that down, you shut, you shut down, not shut down, but turn down the fight or flight system and now your parasympathetic system kicks in. So now maybe I'm healthier and my body now can actually start healing. Also your intuition, your creativity, your being able to see possibilities, all of that gets raised higher as you shut down the triggers that are happening from the fight or flight response. So it doesn't matter who you are. If you're a human experiencing emotional turmoil around whatever subject matter, fear of snakes, et cetera, you can absolutely shift that to just have a more fulfilling, present, enjoyable life. And then when you're in that space, what's best for you, you're now going to start seeing creative ideas and possibilities and more love and more health simply because of how you're shifting how your mind is processing information. There is so much information in this episode and I love it. I know, it's so fun. <laughs> I know, we're speaking the language. I love it. If this is new for you and you're listening to it, you might want to listen to it again. I'm telling you there's content in here for anyone because yeah, you. I just love what you just said. You don't have to suffer. You do not have no, to suffer. please no. No. Whatever you- it is, like even people with breakups, like there's processing, yes, but it's the whole notion of like you have to feel to heal it. Not true. Like there's so many things shifting in the mental health space and nervous system space. Like Uh it's just, yeah, you can totally shift and change how you're living and experiencing life. And it can be enjoyable and fun and pleasurable. And no matter what the subject matter is, it's like, it can be different Mm -hmm. if you're open to it being different and start off with his books and start off with just looking at his content to see, is this for me or not? But 
is for anyone experiencing emotional turmoil or stress, like, yo, let's clear that. that and then my body will be healthier and I'll be able to access the other aspects of my mind that are shut oh. down because I'm not running away from line anymore. So yeah, that has been so fun. I love, 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 love it. So tell people where can they connect, follow you, learn more about you, potentially work with you. Where, where is the best place to connect? Yeah. Um, my website and Instagram are the same. It's just my name. So Dania Douglas Hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, I share a lot of content on my Instagrams, just really short reframes, very casual conversation. And then my podcast is called Play Bigger with Dania. And same thing, what Marsha does really is like sharing reframes, sharing coaching calls, bringing experts on to really just help you play bigger in life, whatever that means for you. It's it's your life, life by your terms. Um, and I'm just here to help people not suffer and stop holding themselves back, not settle, like really play life full out on their terms. So yeah, Daniel Douglas Hunt or Play Bigger Podcast. And then in Instagram, there's a link in my bio. You can find website links for freebies and stuff too. There's always things changing in and out of there too. Money Mindset Workshop, uh, Mindset Prime, it's all there. So this is Instagram. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. So for anybody who's listening, I will make sure that that is all in the show notes, but it's just, if you're looking for some of those reframes and you're like, wait, I want to learn a little bit more about that. I would absolutely encourage to connect with you. Okay. One last question. What lesson in life are you most grateful for? Oh my God. This is a good question. What lesson in life am I most grateful for? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna be corny. Um, learning a lesson that nothing has any meaning is doesn't mean you give it. Because again, knowing our brains wired for survival, looking for negative, uh, whatever. When you recognize that literally nothing has any meaning except the meaning I give it, yeah, I, that's what gets me back in my power. So I can look at the most. I made an investment the other time, not too long ago, and I most people be like, "Oh, you lost ten grand." I'm like, "Okay, yes," and I also learned. I gained a lot of clarity, a lot of contrast. And so being able to stay in a neutral, curious scientist mindset and not attaching disempowering meanings to things um, helps me move through life easier and faster. It's just more useful for me. So that little phrase helps me stay in curious mindset, scientist mindset. What is this? What's the contrast? What's the clarity? What's the lessons? What's the growth here? And then operating from that place helps me be a more powerful business owner, human, et cetera, moving forward. Um, because most people, again, attach meaning to things of like, oh, what's wrong with me? And look at me. It's that's just old programming. So I think that little sentence sem- brings a lot of other context to how I really live my life. Love it. One of my favorites, actually. I always say like the story only ever has the meaning you give it. That's yes. Yeah. So whatever meaning I give it, I can change that meaning anytime. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I love that too. Yeah. And just notice everyone in your day to day, like notice how many things you give meanings to. If someone cuts you off in traffic, what's the first thing people say? Ah. <sighs> Look at me, you didn't see me. Screw you. Okay, what else could it mean? And you could list a hundred things off. And you recognize if it can mean a hundred different things, like, oh, he was rushing his kid to the hospital, or per- person's pregnant, or beef flew in the window, they didn't see me, or they just didn't see me. Yeah. You start to recognize how much meaning I'm attaching to every little thing, interaction, day to day, et cetera, client, a negative comment on ins- online. You're like, I just give my power away all the time unless I'm in my my space of like, it could mean this, or it could mean this, it could mean a hundred different things. So which meaning do I want to choose and take and what's useful for me to move forward with? That's where our power comes back from. Simple reframe you can do all the time. So yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. I have loved this conversation. I thank you so much for being here and for sharing 
so many buckets and so much like knowledge with everyone because I know the power of this and I still am working on it every single day. So it's not something that's automatic. I catch it and I work on it, but I definitely know the power of it. So I cannot thank you enough for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's always so fun talking to you. It's dangerous getting us together because we just talk for hours and hours and hours (laughs) in a good way. But yeah, I really appreciate you having me on. And yeah, just let me know if anyone has any questions, clarity, contrast, agree, disagree. It's always fun to have conversations around new stuff. Um, But yeah, thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. If you love this episode, I invite you to tag me on social media with your takeaways or share it with a friend. Please, if you feel called, take 30 seconds to leave a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. Until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.